Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, it's interesting, we, we hear a lot of uh, articles and news updates at the moment. I actually listened to an interview the other day, um, Susie O'Neill had Jessica Fox on the radio and they were talking about the Redlands um, white water area they're building down there for the Olympics and there was a lot of headlines about the Olympics and meetings and all of the um, Olympic Committee over in Brisbane preparing for 2032. But that's not the headline we're actually going to jump on to today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about interest rates. Yes, I think that the um, the media have really taken on the interest rate rise that came through on Tuesday this week and there's a lot of headlines now that are quite you know, catastrophic, um, one would argue, simply because, you know, we've seen the very first interest rate rise in more than 11 years. In fact, the last rate rise that we had was way back in November 2010. So as you will know by now, um, on Tuesday, the RBA did increase the cash rate by 25 basis points, um, coming off a record low, a record low of 0.1%. Um, now the cash rate is at 0.35%. So, you know, we've seen the very first rate rise. We knew rate rises would come. And today we're going to really unpack how this rate rise and any future rate rises may impact on Brisbane property uh, prices. And um, I didn't I didn't touch on my weather episode there, but um, weather is beautiful in Brisbane at the moment, in a blue sky and um, lovely conditions at the moment. But the other thing I, I did want to touch on is um, I think there's a thing they usually say, look, back in my day, and I don't want to go back that far, but um, I do remember, and I've talked about this previously, yeah, the first property I purchased, I think I paid about 19 or 19.5% interest. Um, so, you know, the interest rates we've got these days, um, it's quite a luxury. But when you talk about headlines, I mean, headlines in newspapers and media um, I don't think good news usually sells media and it sells newspapers, but um, usually it's sort of um, usually bad news, I think, that, that does sell those articles. So there are a lot of headlines talking about that interest rate. Yeah, and if we just have a look at some of the headlines that um, we've captured just in the last couple of days around the rate right hike, we've got how, many, how much more you'll be paying on your mortgage by Christmas, uh, more to come after the shock rate hike, you know, surprise sorry, property prices hit by the worst of all possible worlds. You know, these are real doomsday type headlines. Um, and today we're really going to unpack, uh, is it catastrophic? Is this, you know, small rate rise catastrophic? Is what's to come catastrophic? And uh, we really want to put some perspective on some of the media messaging that's out there because, you know, I think that there's um, a lot of scaremongering happening throughout some of the, the media reports that we're certainly reading and we want to actually quantify what various rate rises will do and also unpack how rate rises may impact different locations, different property types and different people in different ways, especially here in Brisbane. Um, and that's what we're going to cover today in, in the episode. So if, if you want to break it down, um, I, I guess the easiest way to do this is to have a look at, you know, what effect this is going to have. So obviously people talk about interest rates. You see the media saying it's going to cost so much more per week um, and whatnot for, for how much it will actually cost to repay those loans. Um, so Melinda's done a little bit of homework here um, and research and crunched a few numbers just to give you an understanding of what the difference will be with these changes of interest rates. Yeah, so what I've looked at is um, around the median dwelling value um, from a few months ago and the peak 
uh, rate of loan um, loans were being written, I guess you could say here in Brisbane. Um, the average loan size would have been around $500,000. Um, and I've assumed, you know, based on an 80% loan to value ratio. Look, that said, I've just picked two numbers, $500,000 loan amount, and then I've doubled it. So I want to quantify what that looks like uh, for any mortgage holders that have a $1 million loan. So if we take a principal and interest loan um, for 2.3%, which was the rate um, that was um, very much in the news for a, a, or being offered back in um, a few months ago, 2.3% over a 12-month period, those repayments would be about $23,088. And per month, that would come in around $1,924. Now, this rate rise of um, 0.25% would take that interest rate to 2.55% for those property buyers, um, which would equate to $1,988 per month. So a difference of $64 per month or a difference of $16 per week. Um, $16 per week is what? Four, four, maybe three cups of coffee. Maybe three, yeah. yeah. And that, sorry, that, that 500000 that's on a loan, isn't it? Correct. Yes, <clears> that's so the loan amount. That would be roughly about 80%. Yeah, well, it depends. Some people will have taken out a loan um, with LMI insurance at a higher rate. However, the majority of loans that were written um, would have been taken out with a minimum of 80% um, loan-to-value ratio. So we'll unpack a little bit more about the breakdown of loans a little bit later. So $16 a week for a loan of about $500,000. And that's just based on the interest rate um, increase that occurred on Tuesday this week. What I would like to say is that, um, you know, the news headlines are showing and the RBA are stating that it is likely that we will continue to see further rate hikes um, in the coming months. So what does this actually mean and what does this look like? One thing I'll say is that we cannot forget the fact that um, anyone that has taken out a mortgage recently will have been assessed at, rate, at rates between 2 and 2.5% two and above the um, the offered rate for that bank at that particular time of taking out the loan. So, you know, their affordability has already been tested as a result of the, the process of obtaining a mortgage. That said, if we assume that our $500,000 loan has um, an increase of 1% rates um, over the next 12 months, for example, that would take our, our loan rate from 2.3% earlier this week to 3.3% at some stage in the future. Um, that would create a difference from our baseline calculation of $265 per month um, or $66 per week. And that's for a full 1% rate rise um, from earlier this week. So again, $66 per week for a lot of people that have taken on a mortgage is not really going to be breaking them. Um, and I know that there's certainly some lifestyle things that people can change if they are going to find another $66 per week. It's not even one night of takeaway. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that was at the 500. What about if you double that and you go to about a mil? So obviously people that are um, taking out a mortgage of $1 million um, are going to be higher income earners. That's the first thing to say, because in order to take out a higher loan, you do need to prove higher levels of serviceability. Um, so on a principal and interest loan at 2.3%, um, you're looking at uh, repayments of $46,176 um, per annum, which equates to $3,848 per month. Um, and if we actually want to increase that to what's happened as a result of Tuesday's rate hike, um, if we take that rate to 
2.55%. Um, that brings it in at $3,977 per month, um, a difference of $129 per month or $32 per week. Now, remember, these are people that have taken out a full $1 million loan and therefore property value is um, likely to be upward of $1.2 million. And then if we add that on and we go to that full 1% again? So if we have a full 1% increase from 2.3% to 3.3% in the future, um, our repayments per month um, would come to about 4379 per month, um, which is $531 per week or an increase um, sorry, which is $531 per month of increase or $132 per week um, more than what they would have been paying earlier this week. So again, someone that's taken out a $1 million mortgage being able to find an additional $132 uh, per week, um, this is perspective to help people cut through the headlines and understand what the impact of these rising rates will be. Remember, we have never been in an interest rate environment right now uh, like we have been recently. And the interest rates were reduced rapidly because we wanted to preserve the economy during the pandemic period um, and stimulate the economy. Now, that has happened. Um, and now what the RBA is trying to do is begin the process of normalising monetary conditions. Interest rates were never going to stay this low forever. Um, and anyone that has purchased property on the basis of, you know, relying on the cash flows that the property produced, and remember the cash flows are only positive and strong for a lot of properties because interest rates have been so low. Anyone that's purchased on that basis alone, has they've been the ones that have made the mistake uh, because, you know, you cannot rely on a situation that is abnormal and is at a record low rate um, to, to make decisions about the future. And we'll talk a little bit more about locations that might be more at risk um, as the podcast progresses today. So if I if I spin that around the other way and you just, as, as I said, you break down your 500, you're looking at six, $16 a week now um, in a full 1%, $66 per week at a million dollars, $32, $32 per week now. Um, full 1%, $132. So in, in an area like, and we know Brisbane very well, in an area like Brisbane, where the property market is moving as it has been and, and as it still is um, currently at the moment, and I think the forecast is still to continue on that way, I mean, that equity position is going up <laughs> way higher than that. <laughs> Tens of thousands of dollars of equity per month um, versus, you know, an additional expense of um, only a few hundred dollars per month. So it is all about perspective. Um, and yes, right now, the Brisbane property market is still on the increase. And that's been confirmed by data released earlier this week um, by CoreLogic as well. So Brisbane experienced 1.7% price growth throughout the month of April. Um, that's at the median value level. Uh, we don't expect this um, high month-on-month -month growth to continue long-term. It must slow down. It has to slow down at some point, uh, but that's not going to slow down until we either see a huge increase in the number of sellers or a, a huge decrease in the number of buyers because there's still an imbalance there. So um, what is happening in Sydney and what is happening in Melbourne is not the same as what is happening here in Brisbane. So rate rises are not going to impact all markets in the same way across the board. Rate rises will have a small impact on the demand for property um, for people that can no longer afford to borrow the amount that they previously could borrow. Um, now, that is going to have a potential impact on the demand side of things. 
We also have to consider supply. And remember, Brisbane is in a state of supply where uh, long-term listings are around 40% lower than our five-year average. So low supply, unless demand drops off because of this very small right rate rise, we will still see uh, positive price growth month on month until we see some sort of level um, and equalisation. And that is the important point that we need to make today. So I think what you touched on earlier as well, Melinda, was um, the strategy and when you're buying property. You know, if, if you're buying, as you said earlier, you, you mentioned that, that high cash flow side of it, as opposed to buying something with more capital growth, um, a lot of it is, is coming down to the strategy and what you buy and where you buy, um, which will have probably a bigger impact than, than any of these interest rate changes as well. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's a valid point. Now, obviously, property buyers are made up of home buyers and investors. Now, investors that have been focusing on, on cash flow strategies and, and taking advantage of a low interest rate environment, they're the ones that potentially could be impacted as rates rise because they'll find those cash flows uh, dry up and potentially they may not have had the the capital growth in the property that they, they may have wanted um, and then they may look to sell. Now, they also need to consider who are they going to sell to and I think that's a, a really valid point because that comes down to location selection and we'll talk a bit about that. Um, for an owner-occupier, however, um, they're going to be less concerned about, you know, what their property is worth at any particular time and they're going to be more concerned about can I afford to hold this property? Now, um, when we look at uh, some of the, the home buyers and, and we quantify some of those costs, you know, can anyone make a lifestyle shift of um, either $16 per week for a $500,000 loan? Um, I don't think that's going to be hard for anyone. Um, if interest rates go up by a full 1%, can we make a shift of $66 per week again? I don't think that that's going to be too hard for most of us. It's relative to incomes and not everybody in Brisbane earns the same income. There's definitely some demographic groups and some locations where people um, are on lower incomes um, compared to other locations where people are on higher incomes. So understanding where your property is located and the demographic of people who live there and the incomes of people that live there is absolutely critical to understand whether an area may be at risk as interest rates rise. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that. So I, I know one other thing that people do talk a lot about, um, I think a lot of people stress out when they hear it, is mortgage stress. Um, there's people talking about it saying, oh, there's going to be mortgage stress, things like that. Um, I know that you've crunched, again, some numbers to give some examples um, and to try and sort of clear that up as well. Yeah, so mortgage stress is defined, there's a threshold upon which mortgage stress is defined, um, and it's when more than 30% of uh, the total household income goes towards mortgage repayments. Now, if we look at um, the 2016 census data, which is the most recent census data that we do have available to us, um, and admittedly this is historical, but it just provides a snapshot view of um, mortgage stress and, and I guess raises the point um, that, that we'd like to discuss. The Queensland average for the uh, total household income as a percentage of mortgage repayments is 28.73%. Okay, so we're below, as a state, we're below the threshold for mortgage stress. When we look at some um, inner city, I guess you could say blue chip locations uh, where people are uh, dominated by owner occupiers, where people typically strive to um, you know, own their own home, uh, we can look at some suburbs and look at the, the ratio uh, for mortgage stress thresholds. Now, for example, Gracefield, sorry, Graceville um, as a suburb in the um, 
in a sort of southwestern West, corridor, yeah. I guess you could say, um, 25.61% is the total percentage of mortgage repayments um, as a percentage of household incomes there. Camp Hill, 25.57%. Uh, Wilston in the north um, is 26.42%. So well below the Queensland average as a whole. Um, and that just gives some perspective in terms of location. So when you're looking at some of these locations, what that tells us is that um, based on the earnings and the incomes of people that live, the demographic group um, of that location, they're actually spending a lot less of their income on the mortgage, okay, regardless of the size of the mortgage. It's just a flat percentage. However, there's other locations in Brisbane that are very different. And I've literally just picked out four locations as an example. Um, and again, it's based on the 2016 census data. So it is old data, but it just shows the relevance of understanding um, location and understanding demographics. So when we look at Kabulcha, um, which is in the northernmost part of the Moreton Bay region, um, back in 2016, the percentage of total, total household income that went towards mortgage repayments was 32.9%. Now, we've definitely seen some strong appreciation in property prices since then. Anyone that has purchased um, may be more likely to be at risk um, in those sorts of locations. Now, another example, Woodridge, um, was at 31.25%, again, above the threshold for what's defined as uh, being in mortgage stress. Park Ridge, another location in the Loganshire, 33.75%. And interestingly, even Wynnum um, in the eastern suburbs, Bayside, 31.5%. Now, th this is an indication of um, what you need to consider, which locations may be more impacted by rate rising interest rates because it's those locations that are less affordable for the majority of people that live in that area based on their incomes that will be more likely to have to sell as interest rates increase and as interest rates escalate. So as a home buyer, as I mentioned, there's compromises that you'd be willing to make to hold on to your home. As an investor, um, if you actually see your costs of holding an asset increase over time because rates um, continue to increase, generally what you'd like to see is a corresponding increase in rents. Now, in Brisbane, we're very, um, it's a dire situation in the rental market for, for those that are looking for somewhere to rent because vacancy rates are at 0.7%. And what that means is there is upward pressure on rents. Now, there are going to be some areas where you won't be able to just continue to keep putting the rent up because there'll become a threshold upon which people won't be able to afford to pay more rent because the area may be dominated by low-income earners. And this is where the relevance of location selection becomes absolutely critical as well. And to de-risk, um, and especially an investment, if you are buying something and you're relying on those rental price increases, you must be in an area where you know people can afford to pay more for rent. And of course, with vacancy rates so low, um, there is opportunity for those rents to increase into the future, thus offsetting some of the increasing costs associated with holding a property due to interest rate rises. So I've unpacked a lot there. So it comes back to that again, the strategy, the selection, knowing where you're buying and what you're buying um, and that local knowledge of the certain areas. So if we if we then look at sort of home loans um, and the number of home loans, and, and there's around 717 um, thousand new home loans across Australia in the last 12 months, which is up 31% on the year before. Who's borrowing all the money? Yeah, another good question, actually, because 
Um, around half of all of the loans across Australia that were issued last year were to owner residents who have previously bought a dwelling. So they've already been property owners in the past. Um, and what they were looking to do was actually upgrade their home. So the real estate industry calls them second and subsequent buyers, if you like. So, you know, they're not necessarily high risk buyers that are stretching. They've already got a strong equity position potentially, and they're using that equity to upgrade their family home. Another 28% of all of the home loans that were taken up last year um, went to second and subsequent investors, property investors. Now, again, these are not first time investors. These are people who already have um, an investment property and they are adding another investment property to their portfolio. So that's um, an interesting concept because about 75% of the home loans that were issued in the last 12 months went to experienced buyers, people that had already purchased a home before. It's probably different to what you're hearing and seeing in the news headlines, which is that first home buyer that stretched and relied on, you know, the first home uh, deposit schemes and all of the home grants and construction, um, you know, bonuses that they may have received off the, the building grants that the government um, provided and they've leveraged 95% and now they may be at risk. But let's unpack that because um, there was 22% um, of borrowers from last year were first home uh, first-time owner occupiers, um, so that's a much smaller segment of the market. And finally, only about one percent of all property loans last year went to first-time investors. So I guess that just unpacks um, what the majority of the market, in terms of the the risk, um, looks like. Because when we're looking at about seventy-five percent of all home loans that were issued going to experienced buyers, upgraders, um, or subsequent second and subsequent property investors provides a level of certainty or stability I guess in terms of you know what rate rate hikes might look like especially if they've already been in the market so you would think that again you would think on that side of things that they're the sort of people that that this this small interest rate increase would have um, a little effect on because they're obviously experienced um, for one, and they've obviously um, they've got the money there to be able to afford to buy a second or subsequent property, as you mentioned. So, yeah, I think interest rates have changed a lot over time, um, and those that have been through a number of different interest rate cycles, as we have been, really understand and and know that interest rates were never going to be this low forever, and that interest rates don't only go in one direction being down, they will also go up. And we've been waiting for the time when this was to happen and planning for that time and making sure that we're de-risking you know, portfolios to ensure that even when interest rates go up, as we knew they would, um, that we're not exposing clients or ourselves to any um, unnecessary risk because I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, activity in the market, a lot of people selling the dream of high cash flow. Um, and those sorts of strategies are potentially going to be impacted and squeezed the most. And the concern that I have for a lot of people that have been chasing cash flow in areas that are low income um, demographic areas is that, you know, people in those locations simply don't have the capacity to pay more for rent. So it's unlikely that investors paying higher interest rates will be able to recoup additional costs through um, continuous uh, rent increases, um, but because the owner occupiers in that area simply cannot afford to buy a home, they're also not potentially going to have 
um, a buyer if they do need to sell because investors won't be buying if there's no cash flows that they can chase and owner-occupiers um, don't have the capacity to buy because of the socioeconomic demographic in that area. Um, and in a lot of those locations, the demographic is dominated by investors, not owner-occupiers. So, you know, there's definitely going to be some areas that are impacted. Um, however, areas where there's a dominance of owner-occupiers, um, those owner-occupiers are on strong incomes, much less risk as interest rates start to creep up as they will in the coming months and years. So obviously, no doubt, interest rates are going to probably rise. Um, we, I think that prediction is pretty strong. Um, and, and where they go, how, how much they go, I don't think they're going to hit 19% like um, <laughs> like I had when I was younger. Um, but, you know, they will increase. Obviously, it's depending on, again, as you said in that, you mentioned we talked about strategy, where you buy, what you buy, positive cash flow, location selection, things like that. Um is it a good thing? Is it, I mean, what's it doing with the economy? Yeah, it's a good question. Again, the economy is doing very, very well, and that's why the RBA have decided to put interest rates up. Um, obviously, inflation is on the rise, um, and that's being caused by supply chain issues and, you know, some international unrest, and we're not sure how long that will last. Um, that may be a transient effect. Um However, no one can predict with absolute certainty. But the fact that the economy is doing well, that's actually a positive thing. It's not, not a bad thing at all. Um, the other thing that I will mention is that let's not forget what um, the reality is around what's been happening during COVID and the pandemic. Um, and that is that residential property borrowers have been depositing large sums of money in offset accounts. And in fact, there's around $232 billion sitting in offset accounts at the moment. And, you know, an increase, that's an increase of about 15% or $30 billion in the past 12 months. Now, any anyone that's got additional cash sitting in an offset account, that will provide a huge buffer for them as interest rates start to increase. Remember, people haven't had the capacity to spend money. So the, the savings or the proportion of savings has also um, drastically increased. So yes, interest rates are um, increasing. However, we've got to consider this all with perspective. And I think that's what um, the message that we're reading in a lot of the media reports, it's not providing that perspective. And that's what we wanted to provide by recording this episode today. And they're also not touching on an unemployment side of things. I, I, I actually dropped a car up to the mechanic today and um, local mechanic that we've used for years now and uh, he even said to me he said oh, I just can't get workers um, you know he's, he's got an apprentice on he's looking for more apprentices he, he's looking for trades um, builders that we do work with the same thing they, they can't get the trades there's a shortage of trades around um, people are looking for work um, oh, sorry people are looking for workers and can't get the workers because you know, everyone everyone's got work um, which is a really positive thing and that's another thing unemployment is um less than four percent the unemployment rate so you know a lot of people that want a job have a job and you know we're nearly at a state of full employment it's very likely that we're going to start to see upward pressure on um, wages again offsetting any increased costs associated with rising interest rates now again that's all speculative at the moment but the economy doesn't work in isolation interest rates don't work in isolation uh, but neither do property markets. And I think the point that I'd like people to take away today is that uh, when we start to see interest rates increase, what that does is it does impact on the availability of credit and funding for some buyers, not all buyers, but for some buyers. And therefore, 
um, that can potentially change the demand for some types of properties in some locations. Again, not all types of properties and all locations will be impacted. Um, the only time that rising interest rates can impact on the supply side of things is through fear um, in that people may choose to sell uh, because the media are saying property prices are going to collapse, um, which is just not something that we predict will happen whatsoever here in Brisbane. Um, but that can, you know, cause some fear for some property buyers. But um, in the future, if interest rates do increase in areas where people can no longer afford to hold those properties because they are investors who are no longer producing the cash flows that they need to service the loan, well, then we might see some property buyers have to sell our property owners have to sell, um, but we're not going to see that in areas dominated by owner-occupiers where they have the incomes to support those higher interest rates. And remember, um, this is not something that's new to a lot of people that have owned property for more than 10 years. We've been in much higher interest rate environments in the past. It doesn't cause things to collapse. Um, it's just around careful planning to make sure that you are you know, able to service increasing costs as they come. So I guess if you can afford to to um, buy property and interest rates are going to go up like we're talking about and property markets currently in Brisbane are going up, um, it's probably a good time to buy. And it's, it's still about <laughs> location selection, you know, and, and not just buying anything. And I think what becomes more critical um, and more important in an environment where interest rates may be increasing is getting the location selection right. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to just buy anything. Um, not all Brisbane property will continue to increase like it has been increasing. However, we're very um, optimistic that in some locations, we're not yet going to see a slowdown because the supply and demand metrics are still completely out of balance. Um, and therefore, that's why we're continuing to see that month-on-month -month price growth. Well, that's, that's a bit of a wrap on, obviously, the interest rates and the, the doom and gloom. Hopefully, we've put a bit of a brighter note on it all because um, I don't think it is all doom and gloom anyway. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, that's a bit of a brighter note. gives you a bit of an understanding of, of what we think of what's happening um, and what we think of the media headlines. Um, so, I will um, I'll look, I'll let Melinda wrap it up as we normally do. It's been good talking again, and we'll um, talk again next week. Um, I'll give you another weather update. So, take care, and thanks for listening. Bye for now. Yeah, thanks for tuning in once again. Um, as always, if you have enjoyed listening to our content, please subscribe to our uh, web to our podcast and also tell your friends and family about the podcast because the more people that hear what we have to share, uh, the more people understand what's really going on on the ground here in Brisbane. Um, hope you have a fabulous week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.